Can Park Cure Nosebleeds? Is Russell Brand writing a shocking Katy Perry tell-all? Paula Deen's fat, heavy diet backfires. Newt Gingrich now the frontrunner, thanks to his request for an open marriage. Are solar flares attacking Earth? Are two vaginas better than one? Plus a full report on the State of the Union address. Spoiler alert, Congress did not agree with most of it. All this and more during the... Last week on Earth with Ben Glebe. We will not be driven by fear into an age of unreason. Oh my God, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. But did you guys know that I'm like the number one Google search last week? It could be the stuff of history, however, one way or the other. Okay, is Jessica Simpson here yet? And to those critics who are so pessimistic about our economy, I say don't be economic girly man. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's no five. One. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Yes. Yes, it is. It's last week on Earth. Every week, it seems like it's the last week on Earth. Like it's a promise that keeps repeating itself, and it seems as though it's not going to continue, but it does each week, and it kind of confuses me, probably confuses you. It's a problem more than just of semantics. It's a problem of the time-space continuum. A lot of people call it the space-time continuum. I mix it up to keep life interesting. Uh, this is Last Week on Earth. Thank you all for tuning in. I missed you guys. I missed all of you. That's a lie. I missed most of you. Um, a couple of you I didn't miss, but I don't, I don't think it'd be right to tell you which of you it is. So you can all just assume you're one of the ones I did miss. I, I should have just said I missed all of you because, you know, it's a waste. I don't want you to think I don't, I didn't miss you. I, I missed all of you guys this last week. Uh, thank you for listening. Coming up soon, a full rundown of the State of the Union address from last night. Recorded this thing later than usual so I could update you on the State of the Union address. President Barack Obama. Um, delivered to us update on the Republican race and lots of interesting stories um, beyond that I had an interesting week myself this weekend I was in Montana Billings Montana the meth capital of the world uh, performing shows at um, Manny's and I'm addicted to meth now I announced that on my Twitter it's cool I don't feel like I need my teeth for much a lot of my favorite foods are mashy food smoothies Soft foods. I'm a big applesauce fan. I still eat Gerber Baby hot dogs. About the hardest thing I eat, usually. They're delicious. Go to your supermarket aisle and buy Gerber Baby hot dogs. It brings you back to a simpler time. And all you could eat was baby food. And you could spit it and throw it everywhere you wanted. It was a good time to be alive. Um, also, very interesting thing happened this week, this week to me. A uh, buddy of mine texts me and says, you're in Men's Health Magazine this month. So I'm like, what? Men's Health Magazine? How'd this happen? I go to the CVS to pick up a Men's Health. Figured, you know, maybe I've some point in the past tweeted a picture of myself shirtless. Maybe they printed that. Um, you know, I've been losing some weight lately. Maybe I'm, maybe it's good. You know, I don't feel like I'm in men's health shape, but it's possible. I go get the magazine. Blake Griffin's on the cover. My buddy's right there on the cover, like 55 abs in, in his stomach. And, um, so I leaf through and where's the picture of me? Oh, I found it. 
It was of Blake Griffin smashing a giant ball of cookie dough into my face. You can't even really see my face at all. They credited me in the thing, but, you know, finally it made sense. It humbled me. I realized probably the only time I'll ever in my life be in Men's Health Magazine is with cookie dough on my face. The only person ever probably, cookie dough itself has never appeared in Men's Health Magazine. So on my face makes a lot of sense. And um, I've got zero abs, but a lot of, 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 of dough covering my eyes and nose and mouth. So that was humbling as well. Um, I'll get there one day without dough. No, I will not. I will never be in Men's Health Magazine. Fuck Men's Health Magazine. They could suck it. I'd like to be in Delicious Food Magazine. And My Stomach is Normal Magazine. Please accept me. Monthly Magazine. Uh, show this week is brought to you by food. Stop being a dick and just eat us. Come on now. Don't just eat skinny food. Eat all foods. That's our new slogan for food. You know? People always judging food and deciding which kinds they're going to eat. Not this week. We're sponsored by food, and I say go for it. Go jackass crazy. Go, you know? Okay, good. Um, I've been thinking a lot about the podcast and thinking that I want to change things up a little bit. There's no guest today. I'm, I think every other week from now on, I'm going to have no guest, and then every other week I will have a guest because I don't want to uh, – there's just a lot of news I want to cover, and – I only want, I don't want to fit square pegs in round holes. Only certain guests I think fit well in this podcast and I only want to book those particular guests. And I also want to be able to bring you a lot of things that happen in the planet. You know, everything that happened in the planet. Um, let me know your thoughts on this via the Twitter at Ben Glebe, hashtag last week on earth. But I like the idea. So far, feedback's been pretty good. Um, but do me a favor. When I don't have guests that are huge on Twitter, have huge followings tweeting the episodes for me, I, they don't get listened to quite as much. So I need you to, if you're a fan of the podcast, please retweet it. When I tweet it, spread the word about it. Let people know. That would be nice of you. Um, you know, if you want to be a cool human being, we've asked you to sign the Don't Be a Dick pledge. If everybody on the planet signed it, the podcast would be more popular and also the world would be at peace. So those two in that order of priority would be great. It was a long week last week, a tough week. Heidi Klum breaks the seal. The seal's heart, that is. Heidi Klum's divorcing seal. You thought that one was going to laugh. She was able to laugh, going to last. She was able to see past the strange planetary-like divots in his face. She loved him. Why did she love him? Well, she famously said that she fell for seal after checking out his merchandise in a pair of bicycle shorts, which is why we all should fall in love. Love is not love without a big penis. And that's what I've been told when all of my ex-girlfriends left me. They couldn't truly love me. And I said, you know, that's not nice. But I understand it. If it can't work out for Seal, it won't work out. Because I compare you to a kiss from a rose big penis. I wish, but not. Speaking of penises, big ones. California just passed a law, the porn capital of the world. Passed a law, the Los Angeles City Council, porn capital city of the world, porn performers must wear condoms from now on for shoots in Los Angeles County. I talked about this on Chelsea last week. This is not cool because that's the one place where you want to fantasize about sex that actually is enjoyable, that you can feel, unlike the realistic way we have to do it in life where we don't feel shit. Uh, 
And that's ruined now. LA City Council voted 9 to 1 to approve this measure. And I guarantee you that one guy who voted against it, unbelievable porn collection. That guy knows his stuff. And he tried to put up the good fight, but it didn't work. And we're going to lose jobs. California's going to lose jobs now because of this. You can't fuck on camera without a condom. What has our freedom come to in this nation of ours? Not a good place. But we're going to have to deal with that, I guess. On the flip side, I guess, there are a lot of toys and weird contraptions used in porn sex. So maybe a little piece of plastic won't ruin the effect that much. If it keeps people safe, I know. I'm of two minds in it. My head has one opinion. My Bobo G's got another. They're just going to be at odds. State of the Union. State of the Union is strong. They always end with that line when the presidents finish their speech. What if it wasn't strong? They still say it. Kind of undermines the whole premise. You always have to end with a positive conclusion. How honest is the speech? But I was very excited to see Barack Obama's speech because he emailed me personally. Right before the speech, a couple hours before, subject line from Barack Obama. Before I speak tonight, I open the email. It says, and I quote, Ben, I'm heading to Capitol Hill soon to deliver my third State of the Union address. Before I go, I want to say thanks for everything you're doing. You're welcome. Tonight, we set the tone for the year ahead, concrete terms, blah, blah, blah. We all got to take responsibility, blah, blah, blah. I'm glad to know you'll be standing with me up there. This freaked me out. Because I I did not receive the original invite. I'm like, shit, I go on kayak.com. There's no flights. I can't get there in time. I didn't know. Do I get to sit there nodding my head, doing an Arsenio, next to things I like, poking Boehner in the eye when he doesn't applaud shit he should be applauding to? I couldn't get there. So I didn't reply to the email. I ignored it. And I also, in the back of my head, was like, is this a form letter? It feels personal. My name's in there. Signed Barack. You know what I mean? Um, Then an hour later, I got the same email again. So maybe he, he, you know, maybe he, so I didn't reply. And he's like, Glebe, why are you not replying? Send it to me again. Or maybe it was a, it was a form email. Jury's still out on that. But I'm sorry I couldn't make it there, Barry. I will be there next year if you get another one of those. Um, say the Union was an amazing evening for one in particular reason. One reason in particular. Gabrielle Giffords was there. She announced this week she is stepping down from Congress. Why is she the most amazing person? She's a lovely angel of a human being. Why can't all of our representatives be as pure and sweet as her? Why did one of the purest members of Congress have to be shot? Not that anybody should be shot, but why you got to shoot the greatest, purest one? And uh, she's stepping down to focus on her recovery. Pledges she'll be back. I believe she'll be back. And um, she's an amazing human being. I know it's deep into 2012 already, but I'm going to announce her. I'm going to give her the Last Week on Earth Award for Best Person Last Year on Earth. She's Person of the Year because she embodies all that's good, and she's also bulletproof, clearly. You never saw that coming. Maybe she is Superman. Maybe Gabrielle Giffords is Superman. How do we know that she's not from the planet Krypton? I would like to see her birth certificate. Show me her birth certificate. Prove she was born in this country. I mean, she really makes you feel lazy in comparison. You know? What did she do this last year? Relearned everything? Yeah. I uh, started the year sitting on my couch all day. But it would sink a hole in this one spot, and it would kind of tweak my back. So now I sit on an office chair instead with somewhat better posture. That's what I did this year so far. So she makes you feel lazy. But the speech began, and Barack Obama said, and I quote, If you're a business that wants to outsource jobs, you shouldn't get a tax deduction for doing it. Only Democrats applauded. 
Um, that's weird. Doesn't that seem like an obvious thing? Do the Republicans want us to outsource jobs to other countries? We would not. You want to keep jobs here? No. That's a party line issue. Okay. Next thing he says, I'm proposing that every state requires students to stay in high school until they graduate or turn 18. Nobody on the right applied to that. You know why? My theory, they want to keep people dumb so they don't realize how much they're getting screwed by the system. They have no easy way out. Why else would you not apply to that shit? Oh, we don't want the government imposing. What? You, they graduate high school? Come on. High school's good, generally speaking. I mean, it sucks balls, but it's not bad also education-wise. He then says we should invest in all forms of energy, including oil and gas. Huge applause from both sides. But then he says, I will not walk away from the promise of clean energy. No applause from the Republicans. Did he say clean? Fuck clean. Fuck clean energy. I don't want clean energy. Uh, how do you oppose new sources of energy? Not interested in stuff that won't hurt the environment. I like it. I like my energy to create fumes. When I eat energy bars, I prefer it to give me major amounts of gas. That is the kind of, I like output, dirty output from what I eat. When I drink energy drinks, I like to pee immediately. I like there to be waste coming out of my energy. We should end subsidies to the oil industry, he says. No applause from Republicans. Why should we subsidize an industry making billions and billions of dollars of profit when we're in such dire economic straits? There's not a rational reason except for the fact that they're kowtowing and are in the in the pockets of oil lobbyists. There's no other reason. How do you give subs- How do you give money to people who are making billions of dollars of profit? That makes zero sense at all. So Obama then gets a little gangster. He says, to make Don Cheadle happy, he goes, and I quote, so far you haven't acted. Well, tonight I will. Should I do it in the Obama voice? Sure, you got it, guys. I'm directing my administration to allow the development of clean energy on public land to power 300,000 homes, boo-boo. Translation of that gangster statement. Very similar to the quote uh, that another president said. The Allstate guy who played president on 24, the Allstate insurance, that's Allstate stand, that's Allstate stands, stand, stance, that guy. When he was in the movie Major League and he played Serrano, the very superstitious baseball player, Cuban, I believe, he said, that's a play, the crucial moment of the game, he said to his superstitious lucky baseball bat named Joe Boo, he goes, if you know help me, I say fuck you, Joe Boo. I do it myself. Obama's going alone on that. He announces finally a plan to allow homeowners who are in trouble to refinance their mortgages without any red tape from government or the banks. No applause from Republicans. How the fuck do you not applaud that? How do you not want to help people who were tricked into shitty loans that are ruining their lives just to refinance and get more favorable terms? We gave money to the banks for free. We bailed them out for free, but we didn't help homeowners. Makes no damn sense. That's no damn sense said in a weird way, okay? And also, why did Obama wait till three years in to announce this? It's just a plan he's turning into Congress now, three years in. This is one of the major issues during the campaign. Let's wait three years. It's election time again. I'll help you guys because I would like you to vote for me while sleeping in your cars. You can still show up to polling places in your cars. That is a fact. 
Obama says we got to change our tax code so people like me and an awful lot of members of Congress should and would pay their fair share of taxes. No applause from the right. How do you not applaud the word fair? Fair share. I don't want to pay a fair share. I'd like to be unfair to those who are in need and make extra profits. I like cold, hard cash. That's my opinion about how the country should be. He's not saying more taxes. He's saying a fair share. They're like, nope, not into it. How do you not applaud fairness? That's going to be the theme of the campaign coming up. We'll talk about the Republicans a little bit later and how they're crafting a campaign against that. Speech ends. Everybody applauds finally at the end out of respect, sort of. Obama walks out, starts signing autographs. I don't know why they allow the president to sign autographs, by the way. Isn't that a weird thing? He's leaving the House of Congress trying to fix major ills. Yo, man, great speech. You mind signing this shit? Yo, Barry, sign this shit for me right here. Yo, Barack, sign my titties. Sign my titties. Well, okay. I will sign your titties. Then dive into a picnic basket. Why is our president Yogi Bear? It's a great conspiracy theory that I think no one's addressing. Okay? No one's undressing it either. You think that was a lot to handle, a lot to swallow the State of the Union address? There was tougher news this week. Us Weekly reported it. Russell Brand's shocking tell-all cover story, Katie's Nightmare Comes True, as Brand plots to reveal their darkest marriage secrets in his upcoming book. Part three of his bookie-wook autobiography. I was intrigued. I was nervous. I was scared for Katie. I opened the magazine. I purchased it in the airport. I read it. Not even a story. Apparently, they're just concerned. One friend said, oh, he likes to be honest in his book, so he'll probably report everything. This is the cover story. If it's a slow news week, us weekly, focus on more important shit, okay? Focus on Taylor Swift's dinner date with Zac Efron because that story grabbed me. I'm like, what do you mean dinner date with Zac Efron? She dating Zac Efron now? I read that story. Also a non-story. It turns out it wasn't a date. They called it a dinner date. And I investigate the story, and it's not a dinner date. They're just friends because they worked on a movie together recently. Why are you going to call it a date? It's not a date. One of Taylor Swift's friends joined in. She's just eager for romance. Said, and I quote, Taylor loves love. It inspires her like nothing else. Well, that's what you want. What you want is to fall in love so you can write songs. So just dive in there. Even if you don't know the person or care about them much, dive on in, fall in love, because you write great music. Your heart is simply a notepad on the way to pop chart success. Everybody knows that. Everybody loves me. Everybody loves me. All my bitches love me. Jay-Z said he's going to stop using the word bitch. He's got a baby girl now. He's going to X that word out of, except the problem is 52% of his songs have the word bitch in them. So good luck touring. Good luck, you know, selling that catalog. I got 99 problems, but respect for women. Ain't one. Hit me. Ruins the effect of the whole song. That'll last three days, I guarantee you. That'll last three days. I don't think you should call women bitches, but I do know one thing about women. Women have vaginas. It's not a newsflash. Women have a vagina. Is that always true? Apparently not. One woman has two vaginas. Yeah, this is a fact. A British woman. TMZ confirmed this week was offered $1 million recently to do a porno. 
Story brought to my attention by at Clifton J the second at Clifton J two ND on Twitter. She has born. She was born with two fully functioning vaginas. Um, let's hear her in her own words talking about an embarrassing moment in her childhood when she first hit puberty and asked a friend what to do about which which hole to plug up. Let's play the clip. You did say you did ask one of your friends, didn't you? And I, I did. I'll get you to explain this. That you didn't. You were saying, well, which which hole? My more embarrassing story here is when I actually did ask a friend. I said, oh, do you have any problem working out which hole to put? And she thought I was putting them up my bottom. Mm. Oh, which of course was not the case. Which of course is not the case at all. You weren't putting it up your bottom. Were you putting it in the other vagina, your spare vagina? Two vaginas really ain't a bad idea. Maybe you know, you could totally separate tasks. One could be for peeing. One could be for banging. You pee while you, I don't want to suggest that, but it's it's an idea. If you were really into multitasking, you could pee and bang at the same time. It wouldn't affect nobody. Just pee, pee a little to the left, bang on the right. You know, just a suggestion. But important side note to the story: the woman with the two vaginas, she's fine. She's fine. And I've always said this. In fact, my great grandmother used to always tell me this. She said, "If you're gonna have two vaginas, it really helps if you fine." I mean, truer words have rarely been spoken because two vaginas on, on a strange looking woman be a little weird. On a fine woman, it's like, yes, I'm game. You know, women just control men's brains a lot. Obviously control Newt Gingrich's brain. Because this week, a big story came out that he asked his former wife, Marianne Gingrich, for an open marriage. He wanted to bang others. He's already cheating with Callista, his current wife, who's kind of hot but looks kind of psycho. A lot of these Republican women have very strange darty eyes, like beady, like laser beams coming out of their eyes' eyes. And she said no. It was a big ABC interview. Somehow Gingrich spun this into winning the South Carolina primary this week, came from way behind, like 15 percentage points behind, to win by 12 points over Romney, turned the whole Republican race around on its side, at the at the debate, the Republican debate this last week, one of the two they had, he was asked in the first question of the debate by CNN's John King if he wanted to respond to those allegations. And here was his grand slam response that turned the campaign around. In it, she says that you came to her in 1999 at a time when you were having an affair. She says you asked her, sir, to enter into an open marriage. Would you like to take some time to respond to that? No. But I will. I think, I think the destructive, vicious, negative nature of much of the news media makes it harder to govern this country, harder to attract decent people to run for public office. And I am appalled that you would begin a presidential debate on a topic like that. And right now he's getting a standing ovation, a standing ovation right now from the crowd. You understand? That is some major spin. That answer galvanized. People said, this guy knows what it's about, knows got priorities, knows how to shut down the media's bias. Like, good answer. Maybe you shouldn't open the debate with that. But they've completely skipped over the fact that he asked his his wife for an open marriage while she was sick, while he was cheating on her. Somehow people are like, yeah. He wanted open marriage and has no morals when it comes to people who are the closest in his life. Let's vote him in. Him wanting an open marriage and being a dick 
in the debate launched him to the top. I mean, that's what the Republican Party is looking for, is a dude who not only will cheat on his wife, ask for a very weird, kinky, open marriage, but will also be a dick about it. Those are three hallmarks of any candidate, in my opinion. Um, so a couple days later, South Carolina primary comes by. Now, a little more backstory. Originally, we thought Romney won the first two primaries, the Iowa caucus and the New Hampshire primary. They had overturned Iowa. Santorum actually won by like 20 votes or some shit. So now Santorum wins the first one. Romney wins the second one. Gingrich wins the third one. That night, this is from his victory speech. Not normal, thank you so much for voting for your victory speech. Immediately taking on Obama like he's a nominee. And here's how he's going to frame his campaign. And it's pretty stark terms. It's a pretty angry message. Check out this clip. Yeah. I believe the debate we're going to have with President Obama over the next eight or nine months, the outlining of the two Americas, the America of the Declaration of Independence, the America of Sololinsky, the America of paychecks, the America of food stamps, the America of independence, the America of dependence, the America of strength in foreign policy, the America of weakness in foreign policy was the last couple words there. But, um, I mean, those are pretty stark terms. He's certainly painting in broad strokes. And some of those are legitimate to a degree criticisms that, you know, he calls Obama the food stamp president, says we want to teach people to be able to get their own jobs, not to rely on government assistance, which will take away their motivation. Part of that's a legitimate argument, but part of it is just him polarizing and misrepresenting Obama's agenda to such an unfair degree as well. He says Sololinsky radicalism. Look up Sololinsky. Wikipedia him. Google him. He was just a community organizer, revolutionized organizing in this country. A great man that stood up for workers, for communities that were mistreated, for ethnic minorities that were being mistreated in the ghettos, turned around ghettos, taught them how to organize, how to demand rights. That's something to be demagogued, something, something to be looked down upon. Obama wants to help oppress minorities and oppress peoples in this country, and I want rich people to have unfettered regulations and be taxed barely anything at all. But somehow you phrase it so the helping people side looks negative? It's a magical word twisting, man. Surprised your ex-wife didn't agree to the open marriage with your magical wizardly word twisting. Here's the thing. You want just a marriage between two people? What are you, like a close-minded prude, prude woman who's sick? You're probably sick. That's why you're saying it. Abracadabra say yes. She's like, all right. Well, she didn't say yes. I don't think America's going to say yes because also the Republican Party's afraid of Gingrich. He's erratic. He makes mistakes. Um, this is what Caddy K on Meet the Press said about the way he's, he's framing it now, why he won, even though he's an intellectual He's talking about the heart and also listen at the same time to how British this woman is. We're hearing from Mitt Romney. Which is why he won in South Carolina. I mean, for the man who styles himself as an intellectual, perhaps the only candidate out there on the Republican platform that self-styles himself as a grandiose thinker, this was actually a campaign all about heart. This is not about... All about heart. All about heart. It's a campaign all about his heart. Newt Gingrich's policies that people elected him for last night in South Carolina, it's because they feel he's the one to be able to take the fight to Barack Obama. The conservative movement is feeling rebellious. And it's feeling rebellious. They're feeling rebellious. What is this woman? Like like a British person from the past? What is she wearing like a long velvet rope and speaking to 
David Gregory through a grand ball, ballroom staircase that's covered in carpet? I mean, what kind of rebellious? I mean, come on. Have a British accent if you have to. But don't have one of these, like, douchebag, uber-pompous British accents. Feeling rebellious. He's feeling a little rebellious. Really? How about just say rebellious like a normal fucking human being? I'm sorry to get so mad about it, but seriously. All right, here's more of the clip. Feeling rebellious, and Newt Richards styled himself as a rebel. And that's exactly what people responded to. Responded to. The end of the clips are a little abrupt, but you understand the point. Um, so that sounds great. You know, he's connecting to people's hearts, connecting to the rights, motivations, uh, for wanting to take the country back from the horrible place of helping people that it is now. They want to stop Ob- Obamacare. We don't want to give everybody health insurance. Let's stop that shit immediately. We don't want a community organized. We want to keep poor people down. But regardless, here's the thing about how swayable we are by speeches and rhetoric. Because Gingrich seems great in all these things, great answers, great inspiring speeches and framing things in stark terms. But listen to Joe Scarborough, host of MSNBC's Morning Joe on Meet the Press, talking about who Gingrich really is. Because he served with him in Congress when Gingrich was speaker. Hear about the reality of his policies. Coming up right now. A rejection of Mitt Romney. Now, Mitt Romney could attack Newt for not being a conservative because Newt is not a conservative. Google it. it we ran him out of Congress in 1998 because he sold us out on taxes. He sold us out on spending. He went to the floor and he sided with Democrats on his last speech, calling us the perfectionist caucus. He'd call us jihadists. He's not a conservative. He's an opportunist. But here is the problem. So is Mitt Romney. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Scarborough always puts things in very plain to understand terms. That's the issue is that he speaks like he's this great conservative. He's his great Republican values, but he's really, you know, the guy was partners with Nancy Pelosi, admitted that he believed in global warming. He supported cap and trade. All things Republicans can't stand. But people forget it when you make a good speech and you vehemently uh, get angry at people questioning your asking for an open marriage while wanting to rule the country. Are you going to also ask the country if you can rule other countries? Listen, I'd like to be the president of America also. You know, there's an opening in Egypt. I'd like to step in there. I'd like to run Canada. They're nearby. I can jaunt over. Suspect, if you ask me. Other news this week in the Republican race. Rick Perry dropped out. The cowboy is gone. At least you're not going to have another George W. Bush-style person in the office. Wearing boots and killing people constantly. Perry shot onto the national scene when he was just governor of, of Texas before he was a candidate by saying Texas should secede from the union. Should not be a state anymore. Then it's like, all right, fine. It could be a state only if I get to run it. Runs for president. And he appealed to such like the dark side of human nature. He's called Social Security a Ponzi scheme. He said it was a monstrous lie. That's a quote. He attacked whether Medicare was even constitutional. He dishonestly called our president a socialist, said he would reinvade Iraq. Let's go back in. Loved maple syrup and that weird loopy drugged out speech he gave. Wanted, wants Congress to be part time. wonder why people thought this guy was not suited to lead. I'd like to be president of our country part time. I also would like to work at Starbucks. I don't make more damn fucking sense. But at least a voice of reason came out on the Republican side this week. Somebody we all should care about his opinion. That's Mr. Chuck Norris. 
Walker, Texas Ranger is backing Newt Gingrich. That's great news. A Republican race is not complete until Chuck Norris gets behind somebody because you feel like behind that soft red beard is truth, justice, and the American way. So I was good to hear that. It was really good. And Florida is the next big primary. And now there's tied 1-1-1. Ron Paul's not competing in Florida, but that's going to be our tiebreaker race. It's down to fucking Florida again. Probably the winner of that has a very good chance to get their Republican nomination. It's fucking Florida. Leave it to Florida. Florida fucks fucking everything up. I bet somehow Herman Cain's going to win that shit. Perry's going to come out on top. I know he's dropped out, but really, his boots are lovely. His lovely, shiny-ass boots. Some dolt's going to end up on top of this shit. I guarantee it. Nancy Pelosi says Gingrich will never be president. How does she know? Here's a weird clip of her being interviewed on CNN from Real Clear Politics. I saw the clip. Um, she knows some secret of his or something. Listen to this. February with a President Gingrich. Let me just say this. That will never happen. Why? He's not going to be president of the United States. This is, uh, that's not going to happen. Let, let me just make my prediction and stand by it. It isn't going to happen. Why are you so sure? There's something I know. The Republicans, if they choose to nominate him, that's their prerogative. There's something she knows. What is it? What is it that she knows? My theory, Cambridge banged her. When they made that video together supporting global warming legislation, maybe he was diddling her downstairs under the table or something. They're behind a table in that video. They both had big grins on their faces. And Gingrich bangs everybody. Maybe he was banging Pelosi and she's got videotape. It'll be a new Kim Kardashian Ray J type video. It'll be Pelosi getting rocked hardcore by Gingrich. They're going to come out with a reality show called Keeping Up with the Republicans. You know, Democratic cameos by Pelosi and her and her irresistible loins. What is the secret? I want to know. Is President Obama worried by Gingrich's surge, by the stark terms, the way he's negatively portraying Obama's administration? Doesn't sound like he's worried because he went to the Apollo this week and sang. He sang a little Al Green. Here's the President of the United States seducing us. To know that uh, Reverend Al Green was here. So in love with you. Damn, I'm a little wet right now. Is that weird? I'm a little wet from that. So I peed myself, guys. Relax, okay? He's a good singer. That was not bad. So in love with you. Who's better singing? Whatever you want to do. New Gingrich, you touch me. That was romantic, man. I knew he'd sing great. He's a good singer, dude. He's got soul. And then a famous singer this week sang far, far worse than that. This is Aerosmith Steven Tyler, American Idol judge, singing the national anthem at the AFC championship game this week, the big uh, football game. Patriots won. Here's him, a little clip of him singing. Not great. Oh, the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming. Loose streaming. And the rocky 
Al's bomb bursting in air. That's not even the words of the song. That guy sounds horrible without the nice background of Aerosmith's crazy, amazing music. Because that was that was ass shit. That was horrible. Obama, what's wrong with our country when our president sings better than a famous singer? And a famous singer is a judge on the show that gets more voter turnout than our presidential elections. So many people vote for American Idol. You know why I think it is? Text messaging. That's the future of presidential voting. Allow people to text in their vote. Easy access. You know, you can do it multiple times if you're real passionate. Just fire that shit off on your phone. Elect yourself a president. I don't know. I'm still a little bit shaken by Obama's beautiful, sultry voice. Which is good because there was more good news this week. We talked last week about Sopa and Pippa. Well, Sopa and Pippa been postponed. Say that fast. Sopa, Pippa, been postponed. Sopa, Pippa, been postponed. Sopa, the Stop Online Piracy Act, Pippa, the Protect Intellectual Property Act. Uh, that Hollywood entertainment media companies wanted in, enacted because it was supposed to crack down on piracy and sites that allow piracy. The internet went nuts about it because they said it was going to curb freedom on the internet. It would allow the government to shut down websites just suspected of allowing pirated materials or linking to pirated materials. So Wikipedia went black for 24 hours, completely knocked out. Huffington Post had a big black box on top and still had the site. That was kind of pointless. Google changed their logo to a black box, but not wanting to allow internet freedom to be restricted, the country stepped up. And I think probably mostly because we talked about in this podcast, people got scared. People got scared because of our warnings here on Last Week on Earth, and that shit has been postponed. Harry Reid postponed it. Eight U.S. lawmakers have withdrawn their support for it, including Senator Marco Rubio, Republican, who a lot of people think might become the vice presidential nominee. Said he will no longer support it. He co-sponsored it. So this is a victory for freedom. I'm happy about this. Um, and also, do we, does the government really need more power to shut down websites? This week, they shut down a website called megaupload.com, one of the biggest sites on the internet for, uh, free content, for user uploaded content. And yes, there's a lot of pirated content on there too, but prosecute the individuals, not the open forum websites. The government, from an FBI investigation, coordinated with New Zealand authorities, raided the mansion of the, the creator and, and CEO of Mega Upload, arrested him, shut down the website with no trial first, no formal charges. The website is down. They can already shut down sites. So already technically the internet is not free. What do we need legislation to make it worse? Same thing that happened when we authorized, when Obama signed the National Defense Authorization Act two weeks ago. They were already doing it. But now these things are getting codified into law and we're screwed. So I think it's very good. Plus, I like to get free music. All right? I don't want to pay for fucking music. I'm kidding. I would never do that. Okay? Getting free content is wrong. Unless it's supposed to be free. Like last week on Earth is. It's free. And I want you to have it to hold and to have. Why? So in love. You can take that and download it for free because I just sang it and I'm a horrible singer. Can't compete with the president in anything. Definitely not in singing skills. Paula Dean. This week, big news came out. Celebrity chef Paula Dean has type 2 diabetes. Not normally a story, not a fun story, except she is known for amazingly unhealthy recipes. For years, she's told people it's cool to cook things like the brunch bacon donut burger with egg, bacon wrapped in two donuts for a hamburger, deep fried Twinkies, crispy cream bread pudding. 
which actually, the last one sounds delicious actually. But she's known for three years that she had diabetes. This is the controversy. She's known for three years that she has diabetes. Didn't tell people. Well, you keep telling people to eat horrible shit that can give you diabetes. When you have diabetes, you don't tell people. That's some, that is not morally upright. Maybe she had too much fatty donut cream inside her brain and wasn't able to make rational decisions. Why did she come out now, you ask? Did you ask that? Okay, great. You asked that. Well, why? Not because her, her conscience finally got the best of her. Because she now has an endorsement deal and is being paid to be a spokesperson for a diabetes medicine. That's when she comes out with that shit. Interesting, right? She was asked on the Today Show, Al Roker, formerly fat, fat man, who now is anti-diabetes and anti-a normal-looking body because he looks abnormally thin. His head looks like a shrunken balloon, and his body's still kind of large but weird. He wears big suits to make him look skinnier. He's not a looking dude. That's besides the point. Asked her why you waited three years. She said, oh, man, the people are... <laughs> She said she was waiting to come forward until she could offer her friend some hope. Oh, really? Paula Dean, was there no diabetes medicine for the last three years? The one you got asked to financially sponsor was the first time there's been a medicine out? Oh, no, because you're making some money. Interesting. The only thing I knew about Paula Dean before this story was that a couple years ago, she was hit in the face by a ham. Somebody threw a giant frozen ham at her. They're loading him into a truck. She didn't see it being thrown. Hit her in the nose. I felt bad for her then. Now I feel like that's fair. Fair game. She's trying to give people diabetes. She also told USA Today why she waited three years. I knew that when it was time, it would be in God's time. I'm sorry, what? You're saying that God was telling you when you should take an endorsement deal to make money off of diabetes medicine and until that point, let people get sick through your fat-ass recipes? Is, this, is that your point of view, Paladin? Um, what kind of stuff did she endorse? Here's an audio clip from the horse's mouth. And horse is is, is generous to her because she's way fatter than a horse. This is from 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 the from the pig-like person's mouth. I don't mean pig to be offensive, but if you can call somebody a horse, you can call them a pig. That's just America. It's freedom. Uh, from the pig's mouth. Here's one of a clip a clip from one of her shows. <laughs> That's your piece. It's got just the perfect amount of thick layer cheese. Of cheese. Ooh, 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 ooh. And up comes little fat girl's piece. <laughs> ooh, 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 ooh. Little fat girl's piece. You understand? You can't see the visual. She's handing somebody a piece of lasagna, I swear to God, larger than her face. Wrapped in bread, it's a lasagna sandwich. Larger than her head. She has a huge head. Paula Dean has an abnormally large head. The woman who she said, here's your fat girl's piece, is a fat girl. She wasn't like cutely calling a skinny girl, here's a fat girl's piece. This is a overweight person. She's like, you can keep being a fat girl. You should eat a fat girl's piece larger than your damn head. Larger than my damn huge head full of butter and cream and lasagna and cheese. Oh, my God. I mean, she was accused by Anthony Bourdain. She was accused by Anthony Bourdain, famous chef who cooks healthier stuff, granted expensive but healthy, of being a horrible chef who promotes horrible dietary habits. She went on Fox News to defend herself. And this is the way she said she decided to defend herself by saying the kind of people she cares about. Please roll that clip. Uh, it's coming up in a second. 
That clip is coming right into your ears momentarily. Honestly, it's better than having cream and butter in your ears because even though it would be delicious for your ears to be filled with butter and cream, because how often do your ears get to eat buttery goodness? It's very difficult to hear when there's butter. Okay, the clip's ready. Fantastic. Here it is. And the, the people that I care about out there real passionately, you know, are people like myself. Uh- <laughs> oh, really? The ones you care about very passionately are yourself. And ones just like you. People with really fat heads and no ability to discern what is going to give me diabetes and heart attacks. And which people out there who are trying to be skinny and healthy. Them dumb people who are going to criticize my recipes. The damn people. I picture this woman hanging out with Nancy Grace. Being very upset about missing white girls. Not caring about missing black girls. And eating delicious ham sandwiches covered in buttercream. That's just in my mind. I don't know if that's true. But they're similar people, both big-headed, loud-mouthed people with very strange priorities. They're a match made in heaven, Paula Deen, Nancy Grace, forever. They should tattoo that on, on their large stomachs. That's what I personally believe. Um, what a strange person. A lot of weird things happened during this last week. You think that's weird? You think that's a health issue, eating a lot of food, make yourself fat? Not as bad as shooting a three-and-a-half-inch nail in your own head. A man in Illinois, while doing construction at home with a nail gun, accidentally shot a three and a half inch nail into his brain. Not only not incapacitated by this, keeps working for several hours. Now, I don't know if people from Illinois have stronger pain tolerances than, than, than me and every fucking reasonable person on this planet. But, if you're not bulletproof like Gabrielle Giffords, it doesn't make any damn sense to have a – here's, here's, here's the way my brain works. When I'm working on my own house constructing things, which I will never do because I'm not good with my hands, but when I am doing that and I accidentally shoot a nail in my head, my first thought is, shit, there's a nail in my head. Second thought, can I please call the, the authorities and please possibly uh, be, be – you know? Taken to a hospital with nail removal services. That's what I hope for. This guy's a strong, people from Illinois are just tough, corrupt motherfuckers. We talked about this in the past. Their nickname is Illinoisan. They're ill and annoying. That's two like aggressive, badass words. And they can take nails to the fucking head. It's unbelievable to me. Uh, wait till the next day to go to the hospital. Barely missed affecting his brain in serious ways. I feel like if I, Got a nail in my head. I'm pretty sure I'd be like out for the day. I'm calling it, you know, fi- pick up the fix Ripper project tomorrow. This next story I've been avoiding talking about for a couple weeks because it's just kind of a sad story. But this ship captain of the Costa Concordia needs to be called out because this guy is the biggest dick in the world. We said that don't be a dick pledge. It needs to be signed by people. This guy clearly didn't sign it because when his ship that he was the cruise he was the cruise ship captain of capsized it flipped over because he decided to say hi to wave to, to, to his buddy a former captain on the coastline brings a cruise ship with four thousand passengers close shit hits a thing that's a technical term shit hits a thing it tips over passengers had to call in distress calls so the local coast guard in italy calls him says everything okay he's like yep everything's cool just had engine failure for a second we're all good lies about that because he lied about that they didn't start evacuating earlier, 
everybody could have gotten off the ship in time. Now a lot of people have died. People are missing. And he then orders dinner, this guy. Then before everybody's evacuated from the ship, he gets in a lifeboat. Captain's supposed to stay on the ship. Did you learn no lessons from watching Gilligan's Island as a young boy? Skipper is in charge. He leaves on a lifeboat, tells authorities, no, I wasn't trying to leave on a lifeboat. I tripped into a lifeboat. That was legitimate. He's like, I trip into a lifeboat. You probably said it in Italian, but like with that voice, I trip into a lifeboat. I said, what am I supposed to do? Go back after the lifeboat? I, get out, I go to shore. I'm cool. So this one dude, right, the Coast Guard guy, um, the uh, his name is Gregorio De Falco, the commander of the Port Authority, actually, okay, uh, on 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 his radio calls the ship captain, Francisco Schettino, and says to him, and I quote, Listen, Schettino, there are people trapped on board. Now you have to go with your lifeboat. Go under the boat on the straight side. There's a ladder there. Get on board the ship and tell me how many people there are. Is that clear? I'm recording this conversation, Captain. Tells him, like, I'm recording because I know you're being a little pussy-ass bitch. Get back on that ship. The guy says, no, I'm already gone. People are evacuated. I can't get back on there. The Port Authority guy, who's now being seen as a hero for giving this guy shit, says to him, and I quote, he says to him, get back on board, prick. In Italian, it's, vado bordo caso. That phrase has now, be, has now gone viral and is being sold on t-shirts all over Italy. I love how we commercialize everything instantly. Big tragedy? Can we get t-shirts out of this? How can we get tragedy-based t-shirts that are kind of like aggressive and dick-like? It's kind of dickish to make a t-shirt out of it. But at least it's for a guy that was trying to give shit to an asshole. And this ship captain, this guy is a total jerk in general. He was no kind of maritime officer. This guy didn't take seriously his responsibility of having people's lives in his hands. He was known, okay, for very stereotypically Italian uh, having long, curly hair slicked back in a mullet. Uh, had a reputation as an egomaniac. Um, a daredevil who likes to take risks. And they said that he would drive his ship like a Ferrari, which it is not. It is a large, fat, non-Ferrari. Um, groomed chest hair. Shirt always unbuttoned. Permatan. That's not the guy that I want in charge of my life. But clearly, you know, we need to start vetting our ship captains a little better. And I pray that, you know, for everybody who is suffering from this tragedy that, that, you know, they're able to, to reach some peace from it. It's obviously too late now to just keep looking for survivors. So hopefully at least justice is brought to this guy who's a total, he's, he's a total dick. If people sign to the don't be a dick pledge. Things get better. Slipped into a lifeboat. It's very implausible. We should move on to a happier time, a simpler time in our world. A time before the Kardashian marriage fell apart. A time, I was watching their day just to decompress, keeping up with the Kardashians. Actually, it was uh, Courtney and Kim Take New York, but they're very similar shows. To be very honest with you. And before her inevitable split, since she barely knew her husband that she married on television, um, she thought, maybe I'm going to have a baby. Here's her walking downstairs to talk to her sister Courtney about her plans to have a baby. And you'll see at the end of this clip a very... uh interesting belief about the length of pregnancies so excited guess what what i just finished my birth control pack and i think it's a sign that i shouldn't take it anymore no way yeah are you sure you're okay first of all uh it's not a sign just because you ran out of birth control there's a certain number of pills in this pack when you run out of it 
That's how you know that uh, uh, you're out of it. That's not a sign per se. It's just you ran out of pills. Like you could totally see that sign coming. Oh, my God. I don't have any more groceries in my fridge. I think that's a sign I should never eat again because I run out of groceries in my fridge. So it's like, what if it's God telling me you don't need food anymore? That's just a possibility. Okay. Back to the clip. Why wouldn't I be? I'm 30. I just got married. Like, babies are next. You have to be ready. It's a huge... You are ready and you figured it out. I know. I guess once you get pregnant, you have like that time to get ready. Yeah. You have like 10 months. Okay. Yep. Yeah, you do. You got about 10 months of pregnancy. So the baby gets super popped in your stomach and just really can't wait to get out. It's like, I've been here an extra month. Lady, what's going on? Let me out of your very famous vagina, please. Please. I've been here 10 months. This is a good month longer than most babies. I know Kardashian cycles are different, but still. You didn't really get ever get a good look in that video. I wonder if Kim Kardashian's got two vaginas. Maybe two vagina people do gestate babies for 10 months. You never know. Until you try. That's the message to take from this. Um, women are confusing. Okay, I'll be honest. They don't just confuse me. They confuse the smartest people on the planet. Stephen Hawking this week was asked what he thinks about most during the day. And he replied, and I quote, women, they are a complete mystery. Well, they're not a complete mystery. Let me explain to you. Usually they have one vagina, sometimes two, in odd occasions. Um, when they get pregnant, they have a baby nine to ten months inside their stomach until the reality shoot is finished, until they got enough pickup shoots. Uh, baby comes out. Women love, love candy and flowers. They're like men, but they're more emotional, but sometimes they, you know, they're more nurturing and caring and they don't like me very much. So those are some things you can learn from me, Stephen Hawking. Like I know you know a lot of shit about the universe. Learn. From me about women, okay? Because people don't have Gleber fever for no reason. People have Gleber fever because I bring insights about male-female relationships, politics. The thing is, women like flowers and prefer just one vagina. And you can quote me on that. You can quote me on that. You know, speaking of women... There was a poll taken this week, and I don't, I'm, I'm gonna bring it to you, and I'm gonna be the first podcast host ever in audio format to bring you a visual poll. But Us Weekly asked the burning question, who wore it better between Anna Lynn McCord from 90210 and Cheryl Burke from Dancing with the Stars? Who wore the Karen Zambos printed kimono top better? Well, people have spoken, and 89% say Anna Lynn McCord wore it better. I don't know, I preferred it when she gave her raw nipple out to us on Twitter. So anything covering it to me is a negative score. But only 11% thought Cheryl Burke did. And Us Weekly told us where these photos were taken. And I will quote to you. Um, the 90210 star rocked it in L.A. while the Dancing with the Stars pro modeled it in Los Angeles. Which I would like to inform Us Weekly, same fucking place. One is a nickname for the other one. LA is what people referred to as Los Angeles. I know it's a little confusing for an entertainment magazine, but still try to double check that shit. Romney's taxes released this week. 
In a couple minutes, by the way, will be our Twitter question of the week and then our Thunder Round. But Romney's tactics came out, and we got to talk about it. He refused to release them at first. Gingrich kept saying, release that shit. Romney's like, hell no, I'm super rich. People are going to think I'm a rich asshole. And he's like, you got to release them. He's like, all right. And that was like exact, you know, the way it went down. And so he releases them at least two years, and he made $21.7 million in 2010, $20.9 million in 2011. The money was all from profits, dividends, and investments, none of it from wages, none of it from working man hours. So he didn't get taxed at the normal rate that that income should be of 35%, the highest tax rate, got taxed at 13.9%, lower than what most middle-class Americans pay for tax because that's fair. Guys, super rich people should pay less money because they're super rich. They can make the rules. I mean, obvious, guys. Think about it. If you were making the rules, why would you make yourself pay the same as poor people who are struggling? Because if you let them pay less or the same, they could save more of their money and start to compete for your riches. That's why you have locks on treasure chests so so poor people can't dig their grubby poor hands right into your treasure chest and steal your gold coins. That's common sense, okay? That's fairness from a rich man's perspective. I mean, why on earth, it's just a general tax question, why on earth should money made from investments that you don't use with your man hours, you know, obviously when you have, you're able to invest heavily, you don't need the money so much that you have to work with your hand and fist and tooth and nail to earn that money. Why should that be taxed less? Shouldn't that obviously be taxed more or at the very least, maybe people say, why more? I won't be able to make money off money. Fine. Shouldn't it be taxed the same just don't be a dick. Sign on to the don't be a dick pledge and say we should all pay the same amount. I agree. It's a little weird principle-wise to pay more money because you're rich. Even though in a time of need, maybe you can sacrifice a little, huh? Huh? Rich ship captains out there? Maybe sacrifice a little bit, put your fellow man before yourself. But if you're not going to, at least do the same. At least make it fair. Nope. And, you know, this story was huge this week. It also came out that he gave millions of dollars to the Mormon church, which he gave millions of dollars to them. And this is interesting because not only did he give them money, he also gave them uh, dividends and, and gave them stock holdings in companies he owned. So the Mormon church now owns some of his stocks in things like Burger King, Domino's Pizza, uh, AMC Theaters, which is very hypocritical to the Mormon church because AMC Theaters and Burger King make a lot of their money by selling caffeine. And Mormons are against caffeine as well. They should be. It's a serious drug. Caffeine, meth, the big two are affecting our youth. They're keeping people up, making them jittery, slash addicted to horrible things. And uh, all Mormons have to protect themselves from caffeine's deleterious effects is their magic underwear. And thank God for the magic underwear. If they weren't wearing magical underwear, the caffeine might go down there, tickle their balls, keep them up all night. And obviously caffeine, we all know, is a gateway to... Heroin, meth, cocaine, um, taurine, you know, whatever else is in energy drinks. Red Bull gives you wings as your teeth fall out. We all know that. So, I mean, thank God for magical underwear and for Mitt Romney's millions. Otherwise, the Mormon church would be in dire straits, which is a ban, but also a thing that you say. I mean, who do we turn to in moments like this? It's confusing. It's... People are donating money to religions with strange beliefs, but they should also be entitled to do it. Maybe at moments like this is when I turn to my inspiration, to my hero, celebrity chef Paula Dean, who um, fried some cheesecake. And, and I mean, 
Just listen to her thoughts on fried cheesecake, guys. <laughs> this is so good, y'all. I don't know how to top this fried cheesecake, y'all. So I guess it's time for me to sign off. And until next time, you know that I always send y'all love and best. And best uh, coronary disease. I don't know how to top this cheap fried cheesecake. Yeah, you can't. You can't top it. Maybe with fried, like a fried human. Drop a human into a vat of fried goodness and eat a human on a stick. That's one way to make that worse for you and and for the person who's being fried as well. It's bad for both parties. You know, you're eating too much fatty shit and you're really into it. When you don't just go, mm-mm-mm, you go, mm-mm-mm. It's like your, your insides want to scream for joy slash strangulatory pain. She cares about people like herself, guys. You know who also cares about people like himself, but not people with opposing opinions? Syria's President Bashar al-Assad, who says he will fight at all costs, continue his fight to crush the revolt seeking him to get the F out of office. Okay, A Syrian member of parliament this week who defected to Egypt to escape his horrible regime said that there is an open budget in his regime allocated to the crackdown of the popular uprising trying to revolt against his administration, his tyrannical reign. Okay, They say there's no budget for the country, but only money to serve the regime's security forces and its hitmen who have killed at least 5,000 lives since this all started in March. Um, I quote Bashar al-Assad. He says, we will defeat this conspiracy. Who are these leaders who in this time of, of easy documentation, cell phone cameras, internet, Twitter, that can – Call real shit conspiracies. This isn't a grassy knoll theory or a 9-11 alternative theory that Bobby Lee might believe in. This is a nation that wants this dickhead out of office. We see it. You're killing those people. It can't be a conspiracy if you're killing real people. Who are you killing? Fake? Fake people? This is a conspiracy of people who are against me. I mean, no, it's not. There's no people. Don't look over here. It's, it's all bullshit. Fuck that guy. He's being a dick. He didn't sign the pledge. Let's get him out. And this might be a need for the international community. The Arab League has been sanctioning against him. Um, they're making moves. We got to get this guy out, I believe. The people obviously want it. If they didn't want you know, fine. But they want it. Oh, my God. My nose is bleeding. What's that about? My nose is bleeding. Anybody have any pork? I'm just kidding, guys. My nose is fine. But that did lead perfectly into this next story. Doctors came out this week saying that pork cures nosebleeds. A new study has found that using nasal packing with strips of cured pork can cure nosebleeds. The Detroit Medical Center has found that cured salt pork crafted as a nasal tampon, which we all know and love and have done many a times, uh, can cure people. It cured this one girl who had a hereditary disorder that caused her nose to constantly bleed. So I guess she's now constantly shoving pork in her nose to stop the nose. I'd rather have the nose bleed because, hey, what's going on, Rebecca? Why you got why you got pork in your nose? Oh, it's just some bacon strips up in here because otherwise I'd be bleeding a little. So uh, don't mind me. It's very, how did they come, come up across this? My doctor's like, I don't know, man. Try to. Try to show some baking strips in there. Just how people sound in Detroit. No, it's not. But anyway, you get the idea. It was a funny voice to do at that moment, so I did it. 
You know, food is important to people. It not only can it cure nosebleeds, it also helps you stay alive. North Korea is indicating this week that maybe it'll be a friendlier regime under Kim Jong-un, the son of Kim Jong-il, who passed away, because this week they seem to say to the U.S. that maybe they'll halt their nuclear enrichment program in exchange for food aid. So they're actually thinking maybe we'll, we, we should feed our starving people, a quarter of whom are starving, and not develop nuclear weapons right now. I know it's controversial, but people are hungry. We don't have any money in our country. Maybe we should stop putting millions into a covert nuclear program that defies the world community and say, um, can you guys help us out with a little food? Maybe shove some pork in our noses, some. Have our citizens eat pork through their nose. It's a possibility. Um, Maybe Burger King could deliver food to them. Why do I say that? Because Burger King is experimenting with delivering food. This is genius. This idea is genius. First fast food place to ever deliver. In Virginia, Maryland, they're testing a program. $2 charge. They will deliver food to you. I love this plan. I don't know if they will deliver to North Korea, but I love this plan. However, one flaw in it already. They say they will not deliver milkshakes. I get it because it could melt, but, you know, or fountain drinks. So... Mostly people are going to order fast food later and they're stoners who love ice cream and soda. You don't bring that. I almost question the whole program. But, you know, they're experimenting. They're experimenting. You know what they won't experiment with? Bird sandwiches. Why did I say that? Uh, cause it's the next story. Scientists have altered a deadly bird flu virus to make it more contagious. Say what? Yeah. They are experimenting, and they've recently agreed to suspend the research for 60 days when the world community and international experts discuss whether or not this could kill humanity. But they, while studying the H5N1 bird flu virus, um, which kills people at a rapid rate when it never gets to people, they have altered it to try to – in an experiment trying to see how it could jump to humans and spread virally, they mutated the flu virus to make it more transmissible to humans. They literally altered it so it now becomes airborne and can spread, and they think it's important to find out how it could become airborne and spread. Um, Here's one, one way it happens. When you fucking idiots make it airborne spreadable. This isn't like a delicious cheese or grape jelly that we'd like in a spreadable format. This is a, a possible pandemic-causing virus. How about don't experiment with everything with science? Aren't there still diseases you need to cure? Well, hold on, cancer. Hold on, AIDS. Hold on, things that need curing. I'd like to take a, a virus that's affecting birds, see if we can make it a human virus. Just get it up in the air and see what happens. Oh, isn't obvious? Speaking of bird flu, let's turn to Twitter with things a little birdie told me. I asked on Twitter this week, I said a couple hours before the State of the Union speech, what do you hope Obama says? What would make you happy to hear him say in the State of the Union speech? A couple interesting answers. Um, Jeff Spin, Jeff underscore Spin said, they said change the world. Surely you can't be serious. I say I am serious and don't call me Shirley. Pretty funny airplane reference. I like it. Rod Jelly Oak on Twitter said, that he ain't fucking around no more and is going to take America to the next level. I could have seen that kind of rhetoric. It didn't happen. Somebody said, but it could have been. Um, 
WWKCJD on Twitter said, to legalize marijuana, but knowing my luck, that will be the last week on earth. You're very high right now, dude. The president's not going to talk about legalizing marijuana in the State of the Union speech. Michael White says he'd be happy if Obama said the state of our union is pathetic and drops the mic and walk off. That would be pretty gangster if he dropped the mic. He did sing at the Apollo this week. Don Cheadle wants him to be more gangster. That would have been dope. Um, Stachi said, sorry, I haven't delivered on, well, most everything. I hear you, Stachi. It's negative uh, opinion, but, you know, he's delivering some things. He uh, overturned Don't Ask, Don't Tell. He took away uh, our right to a trial. That's something, guys. And Marky Fizzle said, he'd be happy if Obama said, People of America, I have recently signed the Don't Be a Dick Pledge. I'm going to bring all the troops home and start to fix America. I like this. That would have been great. Obama and the Republicans, let's all coalesce behind the Don't Be a Dick Pledge. It's a simple solution. I like it. I think it would work. Who knows? Uh, tweet me any questions, topics for the future, for future episodes at Ben Glebe on Twitter, hashtag last week on earth. And now it's time for the thunder round. Gonna power through a few last topics before we, uh, end the podcast this week. Um, by the way, very exciting announcement in an upcoming episode of Last Week on Earth. I got a huge booking coming up in about a month or so, month and, month and a, maybe five weeks from now. Brian Cranston will be my guest. Three time Emmy winner for best actor of Breaking Bad. He will be here in my living room as a guest. Also next week, Aisha Tyler will be my guest. That's a big announcement. Um, exciting things coming up. It's time for the Thunder Round. Weight Watchers taken literally, uh, a New York school district is combating obesity by making overweight students wear electronic activity monitors that measure heart rate, physical movement, and sleeping patterns. So the, the, the Bayshore School District is putting monitors on fat kids so they can find out if they're physically active. Here's your answer. No, they're not. They don't move. That's why they're fat. They also watch Paula Dean shows, frying cheesecake up like a mofo. But I feel like you should not – can you imagine being a, a, a borderline chubby kid in class and they're like, oh, Bobby, going to put a monitor on you. Really? I just thought I was kind of – I just had a little fun in the holidays. You're going to be monitored now forever, okay, until you lose that fat, Pudjo. These are children for crying out loud. You don't do that to kids. Water jetpack has been invented. The JetLev R200 can send you 28 feet in the air above a body of water. You can go 22 miles an hour. The cost of this, a reasonable $99,500. I've begun saving. I want a fucking water jetpack. That's that story. Is Cougar offensive? A Utah school district, home of the Mormons, wanted to have their school mascot changed to the Cougars. And the school district said, no, it's insensitive to women. Um, Utah school district. Cougars are an animal. It's not just hot, milfy, middle-aged women that want to bang. That's part of what it is. And I also, I think they should be representative, but we should be, should be represented rather in school districts. Why discriminate against them? And it's not offensive to them. That's the best PR that middle-aged women have gotten in years. 
The MILF cougar trend has revitalized middle-aged women, given them a new sexuality that makes my tenderloins tender like loins should be when they're tenderized. Okay? Dipped in batter, Paula Dean style. I think cougars, that's awesome. There should also be a high school mascot named the MILFs. And the, uh, and the hot mamas would be good. I wouldn't mind a high school mascot called the, uh, sex, sex time. The, the, the New York sex time school. That last one's much. I take it back. Um, bad news for you guys listening. If you're big camel wrestling fans, the Selçuk F's Camel Wrestling Festival in Western Turkey is underway and is sold out. So if you're looking to get tickets to that one, you missed the camel ride to happiness because it's too late. Bats are dying, guys. Over 6 million bats died since 2006. You think that's great news? Who likes bats? It's not great news. I'll explain why. Okay? These bats are dying from what's called white Nose fungus, an infection that you can tell they have it by white fuzz around their noses. Sounds like a coke problem to me. Bat snorting cocaine has been an issue for far too long, and people don't talk about it. They're afraid to talk about it because people love Batman or some shit. They give bats a lot of leeway, but there's a drug epidemic in the bat community. Um, but, but they are dying from this white nose fungus. And why is that bad? Bats often consume their weight in insects every night. And insects that they eat... Decimate agricultural yields, spread disease to humans. Plus, obviously, you know, as, as Time Magazine wisely pointed out, they ruin barbecues. Summer barbecues, all of a sudden insects flying in. I'd much rather have bats swooping in eating those insects because bats are like a f- welcome addition to a barbecue. You know, one of them lands on the grill, boom, you got a fried bat. You got delicious fried bat dipped in honey butter that Paula Dean would just gollop down. <laughs> Delicious fried bat and cheese Twinkie wafers. Come on now. Just devil may care attitude and shove it down your gullet. Come join me and Nancy Grace at the looking for missing white children barbecue cookout. Why does Nancy Grace never care about missing black children? That's the only point I'm trying to make. Black children go missing as much as white children. She never covers it. Does Ashton Kutcher look better scruffy or sleek? 79% of you, according to Us Weekly, say better sleek. I disagree. I think he looks more rough and tumble. It's more real when he lets it loose a little bit, okay? So we'll just disagree, and that's the day I die. I like my Ashton Kutcher with some fuzz. Okay? Solar flares are attacking Earth. This is our last story. For this last week on Earth, solar flares started Monday. Our attacking Earth will last through the end of today, through, through the end of, of Wednesday. Our planet, you heard it right, is being attacked, bombarded by high energy particles unleashed by the strongest solar storm since 2005. The charged particles mostly affect just satellites, a lot of cell phone calls being dropped. They can disrupt astronauts, though, and even um, can create communication problems for aircraft traveling near the poles. Um, this happens when a, a big flare erupts from the sun. Does this not remind us that we are in a very weird um, nature-controlled planet? We don't have the control over our lives that we think we do. When the sun all of a sudden is like, oh, let's fuck up shit on Earth by exploding some solar rays down at people. So maybe Paula Deen's right. 
since solar rays can suddenly flare up, let's dip ourselves into honey batter and delicious cream and just eat each other because we're all doomed. I disagree, okay? The sun might flare sometimes. I will disagree with myself and tell you the sun might flare, but that doesn't make it okay. That doesn't mean we should give up hope. Hope is all we got. So wipe that honey cream off yourself. Get your dignity back and realize until Mother Nature tells us otherwise. We got to keep on moving. We got to keep on trucking. Or just stay home and wait till Burger King delivers this shit to you. Because Burger King is delicious. And they'll come around. They will start delivering milkshakes. I promise you once packing technology steps up. My album's coming out sometime soon. I keep promising you, but it is coming out sometime soon. Live from the Vortex. Produced by Margaret Cho. Recorded in Atlanta, Georgia. Until then, you can see me live February 8th through 12th in Edmonton, Canada. At the comic strip in the West Edmonton Mall. Tickets at BenGlebe.com. Click on calendar. I'm going to leave you in a moment with my hero, Paula Dean, getting hit in the nose by that ham I told you about. Originally aired on Jimmy Kimmel Live. This is a... uh. Lovely rap tune in honor of her getting hit in the nose. And hey, you got to be careful for such impedances like that. It's not just solar flares that might hit you. Sometimes it's flying ham. And you got to deal with that. Because you never know when ham might hit you next. Until last week, next week. This has been Last Week on Earth. Be careful tossing ham all over the place. Somebody might get hit in the face. Hit in the face. This has been a production of Smodcast Internet Radio.